Zero, Season 2, Episode 24. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Jenna Anderson, joined today by Aaron Perrine. What's going on, guys? Thank you. Thank you. I see the chat. Thank you. <laughs> I, I was going to ask, what are they congratulating you on? I genuinely don't know. Oh, you got uh, my Instagram. Uh, oh. there, there is a, a life announcement on that Instagram. Ooh. Um, but yeah. Very awesome. Awesome. Well, then congrats. And we're Thank also joined you. today by Adam Barnhart. Hello, internet. People <laughs> on the internet. Jenna, an Aaron, yeah. other internet people. Thank you for having <laughs> me. Yeah, we're happy to have you here. BD and Jamie are currently getting ready for Thor 11 Thunder stuff, but we are still going to have a very awesome, very chunky show in their absence. We have a lot of MCU news to talk about today. Um, happy Obi-Wan Kenobi finale day. Happy Doctor Strange 2 on Disney Plus day. Happy whatever other news the internet throws at us kind of day. It's a Wednesday. There's always going to be some sort of news. There's going to be some sort of post credit scene. Um, but yeah, so we have a lot of MCU news to break down first. Uh, first and foremost, Kevin Feige kind of hinted at updates about where phase four is going to be headed in the near future. Um, while speaking to total film, he said, as we're nearing the end of phase four, I think people will start to see where this next saga is going. I think there have been many clues already that are at least apparent to me of where this whole saga is going, but we'll be able to be a little more direct about that in the coming months to set a plan. So audiences who want to see the bigger picture can see a tiny, tiny, tiny bit more of that roadmap. So Secret Wars, am I right? It seems like that's kind of what he's hinting at. It seems like with all of the stuff in Doctor Strange 2, like all of that, that doesn't seem impossible. I think the question is now just like, where are we going to hear that announcement? And what is that announcement going to be? I know there's already She-Hulk banners up at San Diego, which is very cool and almost makes me think like, is Marvel going to have some sort of presence there? But then we do know D23 is like a month and a half after that. So maybe it's D23, maybe it's San Diego. What do you guys think? You want to go, Adam? So, I, I I don't know how to say this without making people upset. I don't really care about Secret Wars. I think Secret Wars should be, like, the last thing ever. The last thing they do. It's just so massive. Um, one prevailing theory I've seen that I really like is, like, an AVX. Or uh, or those who like to torture themselves with vendors versus humans. Um, but no, I, I don't know what the, the next big thing is. It's clearly multiversal. It's just wild that they would do Secret Wars after a single phase or even two phases. You know, you'd think that would come 20 movies down the line, which at this rate comes next year anyways, since they do 10 movies a year. But uh Secret Wars is cool. I, you know, I just don't know what to expect. You know, I think people do overhype themselves a lot because at the end of the day, it's largely, you know, Reed Richards versus Dr. Doom. And people just think it's this huge cameo thing. But I don't know. How are you going to do Secret Wars when you don't even have a Fantastic Four movie yet? You know? Mm. That's totally part of it is that I feel like the, the piece could hypothetically there in the same way that like we had a Civil War movie, we had Age of Ultron, like without all of these individual components. But I think if we do get Secret Wars, it should be a long ways away. I think there's a lot more, especially at the rate that we're going and at the rate we're going in terms of smaller characters of like when we have Echo and Agatha Harkness and Riri Williams getting TV shows, it's like not every single component of what's in the MCU at this point is going to immediately feed into Secret Wars. I feel like there's a lot more groundwork you need to do. And to your point about the Cameo Fest, I am going to do a video on the YouTube channel sooner than later about the fact that everyone wants it to be this big Cameo thing. And it's like the actual story of Secret Wars is something else completely entirely. 
really. So yeah, I would love Avengers versus X-Men. I would just love a, an Avengers movie or two that is just them dealing with Kang and time travel and multiversal stuff. Like even if it was just that, and then we're eventually building the secret wars, like that would be great. But yeah, Aaron, what do you think? I'm more looking forward to the point where they tell us so we don't have to keep guessing. Um, because yeah. right now, all we do is just spin the big wheel of here's Marvel events. Like we haven't even had Secret Invasion yet. And that's mm -hmm. been announced. And that's yeah. a thing. And we don't know anything else about that except for Sam Samuel Jackson's like, oh, y'all gonna enjoy that. And I'm like, okay. I mean, but half of the fan base wants Secret Wars like now. They want all of it. You've seen my goofy Photoshop. They want Jared Leto to pop up and go, it's Morbid time. And then all of us scream and go, ha, ha, ha. And that's it. That's what they really want. So I... I want it to, I, I think that that's probably what the next big event's going to be. Um, I also worry, like Adam, I think the implicit worry is that after that happens, how in the world do you top that thing? Unless it's really scaled down. Unless it's like, there's just two Earths. You know what I mean? And that's it. Which would be interesting in its own sort of way. But yeah, I, I, I am looking forward I'm greatly looking forward to whenever we have some clarity because it's clear we cannot be trusted on the internet with all <laughs> this choice. It does terrible things to the human brain. Thousand percent. And then like we were talking about it a little bit before the show, but my hope is that whenever they do announce something at San Diego or at D23, I don't necessarily need like a full slate with release dates and everything, because as we have seen over the past couple of years with phase four, that all can change very rapidly. Like every so often, I think back to the original phase four slate and I'm like, that is such a different lineup and such a different order of the narrative a lot of, of a lot of things. So I think with how post-COVID VFX houses are working and release dates are changing and everything. I want them to tell us what's coming, but we don't need like this massive calendar of what it could all look like because it's going to change eventually and then you're going to have people be upset. So just tell us what's coming, but don't like guarantee it at a certain date yet. But yeah, there's there's so much. Any Anyone else have any other thoughts on the secret wars of it all? I, I, I would like to make a bet if I could. It, okay. it will not just be called Secret Wars. I, yeah. I can guarantee you that it will be Avengers Secret Wars or even maybe it's a character's movie and it's an installment mm -hmm. in their franchise. It's whatever mm -hmm. Secret Wars, you know, um, I think that that's absolute like when because I think it was Damon down in the comments was like no one even who isn't like a comic book fan knows what this is. Yeah. And you need to get, you know, mm -hmm. uncle and grandma and grandpa <laughs> and kids who don't spend all their time on the internet excited for this thing and the word avengers would probably do that more or if it's True. like captain america secret wars you'll get more people in there that way oh absolutely yeah um well so speaking of new mcu projects that are down the pipeline aaron do you want to talk about the new show that was announced uh, man. I, was was this right after the show last it week? was like it was like thursday it was thursday, thursday. Okay, it was the yeah. next day and yeah. i was like just every freaking time so there's a report um, that there's a Wonder Man series in the works from our friend, Shang-Chi director, Destin Dale Credit. Feel free to come back on the podcast. Tell us all about it, Daniel. We promise we won't tell anyone. <laughs> um, it's been written by uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's uh, Andrew Guest. And it's like a, a very amazing left field thing because the last time we even talked about Wonder Man on this show was that in the background of freaking assembled WandaVision, <laughs> there was some 
concept art of Wonder Man in the background. And we were like, wait, is he going to be in this show? And then he was nowhere to be found except for in like one little bit of, I think, episode two's opening credits, right? Yes, yeah. I think so. And that's it. And we go from that to, hey, now there's going to be a Wonder Man TV show. Um, so question we have for the group is, do we think that Destin has been developing this like since Shang-Chi or is it Ten Rings related or is it something else, right? Yeah, like, I think that's the question because we knew he was developing a show like pretty soon after Shang-Chi came out and we all assumed like, oh, it's going to be Ten Rings. It's going to be spinning off of the events of the movie. But I think that there's still a too old Wonder Man into Shang-Chi in its own sort of way. This is such a left field choice and I love it on so many levels. I think that I, I could see it being a thing where he might be developing two shows and maybe there's also a Shang-Chi related, Agents of Atlas related, whatever we were expecting. But if it is just a Wonder Man show from him, I think that is very inspired. I think that's such a cool thing. But yeah, Adam, what do you think about it? No, I, I agree with both of you guys. I'm not sure. I mean, he's doing so much at Disney Plus now, right? What he, yeah. He's already filming a, a new series uh, based on mm -hmm. a different graphic novel. Um, so I... Why not? You know, why not to help develop all this stuff? He's at the producer level, so it's not like he's super, super hands on, you know, maybe a, a weekly Zoom or a weekly writer's room visit or, or something like that. You know, um, Wonder Man. <laughs> I think we've said this before, man, like anything can happen. I, Wonder Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Fist, you know, anything can happen. So it's just it's going to be interesting. You know, do they go the Nathan Fillion route? Is Ralph Boner actually Simon Williams? What's, you know, what's the deal? It's just super interesting. I, we're going to get to a point. I honestly think we'll get to a point where we can't just have four series a year. Right. I mean, it's going to have to be something that's just constant. There's, there's something either Star Wars or Marvel related being released every Wednesday, because right now we're talking uh, you know, going back to the Comic-Con thing, how many shows have been reported but not announced? I mean, we're talking, Several. I mean, starting next year, there's Echo, there's Agatha, you know, we've heard Daredevil, there's Secret Invasion, there's Ironheart, there's Armor Wars, there's, I mean, we are to 2025, 2026 already. Mm -hmm. um, and that's got, doing three or four series a year. You got Nova in this and the Ten yeah. Rings spinoff. Yeah. Ten Rings. Then there's a Black too. Panther one. Yep. And there's yeah. another one too. So, so, and that's uh, not even counting like a second season of anything. So, yeah. Loki yeah. season two. Yeah. You know? At some point. What if season two at some point? Uh, at some point. All the animated shows. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's uh, so it's just great. I mean, sure. I love Wonder Man's awesome. Simon Williams is, is a great character, you know, and it, that brings the question. Is it it's always interesting. Rumors of these new shows come out right as other projects start to film, right? Because Simon Williams has that Agatha connection and that's going to mm -hmm. start filming soon. And as soon as Echo started filming, you know, we get Daredevil series news. So, you know, there's a lot of connecting imaginary dots, but uh, at the same time, you know, one has to think is, is Simon Williams going to appear in a show like Agatha? Or, totally uh, or what yeah. the deal is going to be? Yeah. I, I, no, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, if, if it's like an odd couple thing with Fillion and freaking Paul Bettany, I'm I'm all the way in. 
where they're just like, oh, we're roommates and we share weird brain vibes. Isn't that strange? I don't know. Like the Agatha thing makes sense. That does. Yeah. And that's the other part about this too, is that it enables so much hilarious conjecture because all these characters have so much history alongside of each other that yeah. you should just be prepared. I think we've talked about this before. You should be prepared for any of these people to show up in any of these other things going forward. They could like something where you're like, oh, there's no way we'll see Oscar Isaac in this. What? It's totally going to happen. Yeah, a thousand percent. I, I hadn't even really registered the Ralph Boner connection. Like, I didn't even think about that people would be theorizing about that. I, I don't necessarily want that, but I could totally see that. I hope that they go a little bit bigger. That does lead me to a question I have on the rundown of like, who do we want to play Wonder Man? Like, obviously, there's the Nathan Fillion of it all. In my opinion, he's a little too old for like what I would want the character to be. Um, I, I tweeted this out because it randomly occurred to me and I will stand by this until I am proven wrong. I think Henry Golding would be a perfect Wonder Man. Um, I think he, the charisma and the like Hollywood actor stunt man of it all, but still being able to be charming and complicated as a person. And also just imagine him next to uh, Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda and like playing off of their relationship. I think that would be amazing. But yeah, do y'all have any Wonder Man like fan cast or ideas? I mean, I wrote an entire slider with just people just yelling about Nathan Fillion. So I really kind of <laughs> want them to just go ahead and pick him so that we don't have to write that. Well, I can write the backlash slider whenever they cast <laughs> someone else to be him instead. Uh, I'm trying to think of other like younger. I know Damien, like Zac Efron. I see a bunch of Zach. I see a bunch of Pedro Pascal. Like, stuff. oh my God, <laughs> that would be amazing. But also yeah. it's like, I feel like Layla, you want him to be a, a, a giant <laughs> character, don't you? You, you want to be Wonder Man. Okay. All right. Okay. I, I so, just want that man to sleep. He's very busy. Yeah, yeah. very busy. Yeah. Guys, sit down. Just just oh, sit boy. down. Take take a breather real quick. <laughs> follow, follow my thought process here. Right? Oh boy. Okay. There were reports that this may be like a not mockumentary, but Hollywood satire. And I yes. know Jenna just said the age and there's concern because obviously, you know, crossovers and stuff. But what if this Simon Williams is like a washed up Hollywood actor that somehow gets superpowers? And I don't mean to call him washed up, but he is in a bit of a career renaissance. And he did act along Pedro Pascal. What if we had Nick Cage as Simon Williams? Wow. That's not really the wow. looks. <laughs> but I mean, he, he could pull it off, right? I mean, he's a huge comic book nerd. I could, um, I could and, almost see And it. I don't think... Simon Williams is Simon Williams a long haul thing I don't know but there you go my Nick thing Cage, is like I can't man. picture Nick Cage doing like a six episode Disney plus show like I don't like I know his career is in this weird renaissance and he's doing so many different things but like that would be a surprising get like it yeah. I, I almost want to see the earth where that could happen like just an alternate corner of the multiverse because that would be wild that would be uh, maybe this is his way at getting back at Disney plus for not including <laughs> him in national treasure there we go yeah <laughs> it's all right there's another earth where he's in national treasure and it's him and ethan hawk doing weird tomb raider parodies at the end of yes. Moon Knight together absolutely <laughs> um so adam do you want to talk about the thor love and thunder updates so lord love and thunder surprising no one is rated pg-13 but it is rated pg-13 partially because of partial nudity which i'm assuming is the butt which, as it turns out, has been in uh, the script all along. Taika Waititi told our very own Brandon Davis, we all knew we wanted to do it from very early on. That was the first draft of the script, actually, and Chris was on board as well. You know, I think when you have a body like Chris, like, 
you know, he even he understands it would be a waste to not show it off. It would be a crime against humanity. So, you know, it's you have to provide for the masses. So Chris Hemsworth's butt for the masses. God bless Taika. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he- just the day that, that trailer came out and like Jim Viscardi and all of us in Slack were just reacting to Thor's butt and, and Jim just being like, oh my God, the Loki back tattoo and everything. Like that scene is just already so good and we've seen maybe 10 seconds of it. So I'm I'm like, I'm very happy that Taika prioritized this in the movie because I have a feeling it's going to be great. I just love that he said that that was in the script from the first draft that there was uh-huh. always going to be Chris Hemsworth's butt in there from the word go which just lets you know he's like oh we're we're playing for keeps out here i can't imagine sitting across and freaking kevin feige and be like so i want to have chris hemsworth butt out in the next <laughs> one like, again well for longer this time and then yeah. he's like sure yeah absolutely it sounds great and i'm like what so i love that also we have we've progressed to a point in technology where people can figure out what the part of the trailer people watch the most is yeah and that his butt is the most watched part of the trailer, proving all of your preconceived notions of humanity right or wrong, depending on how you fall on it, right? So, yeah, I mean, I just laugh because, like, was the, it, is that it? Like, that's what you get in the MPAA is like, nope, nope, there's a button there. <sighs> Partial nudity right there. Go, we're here. Yeah. I, I I just love it so much. I think it, it's so perfectly silly. And like people in the chat are pointing out, like we did see Hulk's butt in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. So it's just like Taika's continuing the trend and God bless him. And then um, I also have a quote in here from Hemsworth. If, if you want to read that, Adam. Yeah, I might make sure to, oh, I might make some calls to make sure Hugh Jackman doesn't appear in Deadpool 3. I'll put myself in Deadpool instead. That would be the offering. That's from Chris Hemsworth uh, to BBC Radio about Deadpool 3. So Thor and Deadpool 3 confirmed question mark. I feel like Ryan Reynolds is going to see that and like try to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Like Deadpool 3 is one of those movies that it's like there's so much potential with how you fold him into the MCU and how many cameos we get that like if if he were to show up even just for a scene, if it were like on par with how Chris Evans was in Dark World of just like I'm just in here for like a split second, mm-hmm. like I I can see that a thousand percent. I just love that he's like personally advocating for it, like to spite Hugh Jackman. Like that that is some great pettiness. Well, if you remember, the first time we saw Deadpool in the MCU was alongside Korg. So, oh yeah, yeah, he's like he are he's already they're already boys. They already play Fortnite together or whatever. <laughs> just have him there for four seconds. That would be great. <laughs> I I need that to happen now. Um, so, so speaking of other MCU or MCU adjacent projects and things in the Marvel multiverse, um, Venom 3 is officially in the works. It's a script that is being written. Um, it is being co-written by Tom Hardy. He went to Instagram last week and showed like the first title page for the script with a little like Venom cartoon. Um, we knew this was inevitable. Sony had previously hinted at it, but we know, we now know it's happening and we now know Tom Hardy is definitely co-writing it. I just personally love how much he cares about this movie. Like I don't care about Venom on principle, like as a comic character, but Tom Hardy's performance as Venom and the level of detail he brings to this just makes me care about it. Cause just the amount of commitment this man brings of like sitting in lobster tanks and eating cater tots and just being absolutely wild as Venom, like God bless him. What do we want to see in Venom three? Cause I feel like sky's the limit at this point. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. The sky is very much the. I don't care what we get. It's already my favorite movie ever. I love it. Yeah. No, I, I hope they just go all the way. I hope they say, you know what? We are going to do um, Noel and King mm-hmm. in Black, and we are just going to do a full send, you know, because we've gotten all uh, symbiotes before. So why not just make the God of Symbiotes? And it's just so, I mean, what do they got to lose? <laughs> Uh, what do they have to lose just just do the venom thing you already did carnage what else are you gonna do just do king and black and see what happens i agree it would be the wildest movie ever but i feel like general audiences being introduced to null and all of the king and black stuff would just be so wild like no one would be ready for that movie and i think that that would just be so great aaron what do you think uh if if we don't get what kofi's talking about where it's like spider-man in it um, mm-hmm. I would love, it's very funny, this is going to sound very mean, but I would love if Sony got a little bit too uh, aggressive and just had their Sinister Six movie be against Tom Hardy's Venom <laughs> and then have Andrew Garfield swing in and be like, what's up? And he's like, I hate you. And he's like, do I know Do I know you? Like, have I ever met you before? I've never, I don't understand why you have beef with me. And have that be a part of it would be really fun. Um but yeah, like Adam said, we've checked most of the boxes for the crazy Venom stuff. Like we've done a lot of it already. I mean, unless you're just going to go full, like, what was the last one? It's called Absolute Carnage was that mm-hmm. last Donny Kate's mega thing, which yeah. I can't imagine them doing because it's just <laughs> bananas. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I just keep thinking back to that concept art that came out a couple months ago of like Pope Carnage. And I'm just like, we are, we were robbed. <laughs> Like that would have been the coolest and stupidest thing that you could have thrown into an already cool and stupid movie. So I, at this point, if they kept the energy of Pope carnage in whatever they do for three, like it's going to be a masterpiece from the jump. Um, But yeah, speaking of other Sony things, this was, this was surprisingly like this started some discourse online. Aaron, I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on it. I had to write this up. So it does (laughs) fall to me. Uh, So Aaron Taylor Johnson was at a uh, cinema festival and a- got asked about Craven the Hunter. And of course, it's going well. It's getting shot. Uh, me and Jenna's weird vaporware, vaporware <laughs> comments about this movie not actually existing. This is the one of them that I feel like is actually that and Venom 3 are the ones I'm like, okay, yes, they actually do exist. Um, but on his character, he says, he's not an alien or a wizard. He's just a hunter, a human with conviction, an animal lover, and a protector of the natural world. He's a very, very cool character, which would prompt the reaction that you would expect out of social media, which is if he, when does Craven ever like love animal? Like I I love, I think the one I pinned, like the, the, the one comment that was like, this is the encapsulation as, as I think it's Dan Rickman saying, he literally wears a lion as a vest. Like what is happening? And they just spawned everybody arguing about whether he could actually be an anti-hero, whether he could ever like why all these movies seem to want to make these bad guys into like really like even for these things, good, good guys, like people that you would support. Because it's like you can make money with them being a bunch of dirtbags. You could you could make this work. So I don't know. How do you feel about Craven, the animal protector? It's such a weird choice because <laughs> it's like if they do call this movie Craven the Hunter, it's just gonna be like, well, I hunt people or something. And it's like that. I get it. But still, it feels like just based on the description and just everything surrounding this movie, it's like you're basically turning him into Kazar. 
sort of just without like just in in the spider-man universe just he loves animals and is in the jungle and all of that sort of stuff it's I think it is this thing where you, if you're trying to make a movie about a character who the entire ethos of it is associated with something that is hunting animals, it's like it's like the Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns wants the like 101 Dalmatian style vest and he's singing the song. That's what I was expecting the vibe to be with this movie. And clearly it's not, even though this man literally wears an endangered species on his outfit. It is just such the weirdest decision. This movie is still so weird. I agree with Aaron. It's still happening. I just have no idea how this is going to shake out. <laughs> I have to shout out Joey Tollings in the comments that says he maybe he loves animals in a weird Cruella way and loves wearing uh, <laughs> like maybe some lions pushed his parents off of a cliff and that's why yes. he it's like that's why he turned against it. It was <laughs> Peter Parker chasing some lions and that's how we get to whatever he he comes across Tom Holland. Adam. Oh man. So I, we got the uh, suit set photos, right? And I was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. And then this, you know, tidbit comes out and that's the one that goes, hmm, you know, it's just uh, whatever. You know, I mean, unless Disney ponies up another, would they buy Fox for 20 billion, 40 billion? Something I don't crazy. know. You get numbers that big, they're just fake anyways. <laughs> Unless Disney ponies up that kind of cash to buy Sony, Sony's going to make Spider-Man movies and Spider-Man adjacent movies until they no longer make movies. Um, so whatever. You know, it's I haven't seen Morbius yet. I'm not sure if I'll watch, you know, <laughs> Craven. <laughs> you know, what's I don't know what's going on. It's, I want to watch you watch Morbius. Like oh, I want yeah. I want a Twitter thread if you ever do watch Morbius because like, it, I mean, uh, it was I think what Craven's very last comic story was about his family hunting down every single animal themed superhero. Yeah. So it's just like it's an interesting choice, you know, making a hunter not hunt. Um, that that's very an interesting creative choice, but we shall see. You know, maybe let's at least get to the trailer. I mean, there's still some hope. <laughs> let's get to the trailer, and it's nothing but a car chase, and then we'll be like, oh, okay. Let's see, fast Why eleven. The last yeah. person, the last thing he's going to fight in the movie is that elephant that stomped on that lady at that funeral. <laughs> that's what that's what's going to rationalize no. right there. Oh, my God. Oh, geez. Oh, but to the people in the comments who, who think we were dissing Cruella, I enjoyed Cruella. I've seen it multiple times. So, like, yeah, but I could totally see Craven getting the Cruella treatment, trying to redeem him. That would that would definitely be a choice. Um, but yeah, so pivoting to other Marvel news, um, Adam got a super big, super cool interview this week. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, we talked to, uh, Wesley Snipes yesterday, the Daywalker, the original Daywalker. Um, man, I've tried so, I love Blade. Blade is not even my guilty pleasure. Blade one is just my pleasure. It's so the blood rave is, oh, it's, you guys just want to talk about the blood rave for the next half hour because <laughs> it is the best comic book movie scene ever it's just incredible but uh, no we talked he has a new uh, uh he's back in the world of comic books um he uh it's called the exiled it's uh, it's on kickstarter it's uh starring a character that suspiciously looks a lot like him which leads me to believe it all they're doing like the berserker treatment with keanu reeves and they're gonna make it a movie or tv show someday but so we talked about comics we talked about blade he said all sorts of stuff um, I'm not sure if you want to talk about any of that stuff. He, the one thing I do want to talk about, which is super interesting because every single time 
the R-rated adult conversation comes up. Everyone's like, well, look at Blade. You know, Blade was rated R. We need rated R movies. So I asked the man who starred in those rated R movies, does Blade need to be R-rated? And he's like, no, it, it doesn't. As long as it's a good story, you know, <laughs> it could be PG-13. Who cares? It's, as long as they're faithful to the source material, it doesn't need to be R-rated. So Blade, the... Uh, the man people go to defend or try to prove their point in the whole debate um, says Blade doesn't need to be R-rated. I was very surprised um, at that, but uh, I mean, it makes sense. I I agree with them. And rewatching it, um, yeah, it's it's certainly R-rated. You know, there's a zillion <laughs> F-bombs, including the best <laughs> F-bomb in the history of comic book cinema, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, what do you guys think? I mean, I think we're we're all on the same page for the most part about it. Yeah, I think I the fact that he is out here saying like it can be PG-13, it can work is like that is definitely a, a good sign. And it is this thing of like, even if he wasn't saying that, I feel like Marvel would still try to make this movie PG-13 anyway. But as we've seen this year alone with like Multiverse of Madness and the Batman and everything else, it's like you can get very close to R without having to do an R rating. So I, and I think it's like an interesting creative challenge at the same time of how do you make a character like Blade work while you are still in the context of a PG-13 movie. So I'm, I'm glad that he has that endorsement. I, your interview was so good. Like I was reading all of the spin outs Thank that you. you were, you were writing and it was just so fascinating. So Thank great you. job on that. Thank you. Thank you. I asked him, so the line I referenced, if you guys don't know, so you are allowed one F-bomb. So maybe they will get Mahershala <laughs> to say it, but it is the, the, some other truckers or or always ice skating uphill (laughs) and it's the meme and whatnot so i asked him so there's an urban legend that that wasn't actually scripted it wasn't necessarily improv he told me but what he did say is he was talking he a producer and david goyer were having dinner and then he went off on a tangent about how good that dinner was it was like sour cream chicken (laughs) or something like that but then he circled back around and he said yeah i just used that in my casual conversation and we decided to put that in the movie so that line is entirely his idea it's not improv it wasn't scripted they just went back to set the next day and and filmed magic that's amazing incredible i still i'm so like for those of you who don't know we get like goals here at the old comic book uh and jim viscardi he of the jail cell asked us who we actually (laughs) want to like interview and like two years ago Adam was like, I want to interview Wesley Snipes. And so then began a two year long odyssey that we actually got to see happen. It's so cool. It's so amazing. I'm so glad you. Well, got- yeah. Where do I go from here next? Guys, I'm having the next <laughs> crisis. Like, the only thing they could do is the cast me as Iron Fist or something. I don't, you know, like, I don't know what else, like, you know, let me be in the Iron Fist writer's room. So I don't, I don't know where I go from here. I'm just, that would be awesome. Gather around, Fazio crew. I'm going to tell you the story of Adam Bodhart and how he finally got to trail, talked to Wesley Snipes' blade. That's what's, I don't know what you're yeah. going to do. You have a midlife crisis and go with the Guardians. I don't know, man. <laughs> well, yeah, Aaron, what do you think about the PG-13 rating? Oh, I, I think that's totally doable. I, I think that I'm still riding off of the comments from the Deadpool writers that they're like, no, they're going to let us do what we need to do. And I feel like they're going to let them do what they need to do for this as well. Like they're going to pick the tone. The cast is obviously dynamite. It's going to get you a long, long way. We don't know anything else about the time period or the setting of blade or any of that. Apparently, according to Adam's interview, we don't even know if Wesley Snipes is going to cameo in this thing or not. We have no clue. So 
until I see some footage that would make me worry, I'm going to not. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and trust them that they can make a good story. I mean, it can be dark. I think, funny enough, this this proposed Halloween special with Werewolf by Night that we have not even gotten an announcement for yet will tell us a lot about how far they're willing to go with the tone. And if it's looking, if it's looking right, I will be even less stressed about it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And then one more thing before we take our break and then talk about Ms. Marvel. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is getting swole again. He, he posted a picture on social media and he is definitely getting jacked. So Echo is filming and we know what Daredevil thinks in the pipeline. So are we hopeful that that might mean what we think it means? Adam is nodding. <laughs> <laughs> about his, yeah, best, about his hell, best friend, Vincent D'Onofrio. No, hell yeah. I, so I would be lying if I said I didn't shoot him a text with a screenshot of him getting swollen and say, happy Father's Day. Happy Daddy's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that did happen, but it also did. No, oh it's my so, God. <laughs> come on, guys. He, the dude posted Jim selfie on social media while Echo's filming. Like, come on. What's going to happen? <laughs> there we go. That was, that was worth it for me to include that, just to get that little detail. I love knowing that. That just made my entire day. Um, but yeah, so we're going to take a quick one-minute break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about Miss Marvel Episode 3, full spoiler reactions, so stay tuned. Zero. We are back and we're going to talk about episode three of Miss Marvel. Full spoilers. Um, so let's just start off with reactions because I know there was a lot in this episode. Aaron, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. I am very, very sad that one Jamie Jarak is not here to yeah. talk about our uh, burgeoning triangle of sorts. I literally gasped while I was watching this in bed like, oh, my God, they're doing it, doing it because we me and Jenna, we've only we only got to see the first two episodes. So we're flying blind like the rest of you guys. Now, we have no idea. You have inklings, maybe, but you don't, you don't know. Um, I love the weird, random, deep pull of Marvel lore that we get for her origin here. Because I remember a long time ago, in the early, earlier days of the pandemic, me and Adam Barhart talking about the word gin and what the heck that could possibly mean for one Kamala Khan. And I, now we know. And it's, it's so interesting to go that route and to sort of make that choice. And I don't think it lessens it. I mean, you're getting full blown like teenage superhero juggling identity stuff in this one. Like it's like I think they've gotten a lot better as these shows have gone on. Like as more of them have come out and finding places to really split the action into like, okay, here's the first half of it and here's the second half. They ended it at the per I feel like the perfect like segment point for us to go on to part two where we're going uh, on a trip. What in did we go on a trip at the end of Moon Knight episode two or was it three? It was, I think it was episode three. I, okay. I think, I can't remember though. No, it so, might've been the end of two. Cause that's okay, when I he wakes up in the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So yeah, yeah I, we just, just accept there's going to be a field trip in all of these now. There's going to be, I don't know what it's going to be in She-Hulk, Jenna, but get ready. There's a, there's a lot of places she can go. She can go to space. She can go to the beach. She, she can go. There's so many different, like a, a good third of John Burns run was just like a road trip arc. So like, there's a lot you could do. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I was, I was really pleased. Like, uh, I'm I'm hooked. I'm here. There's no more. There's no more Kenobi to get in to make me stay up till two a.m. anymore. So I'm great. I'm <laughs> I'm excited. 
Go ahead. Adam, what do you think? Uh, super interesting. Like Aaron said, I mean, the whispers, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure most of the internet knows that there are whispers around and the whispers, uh, brought up, you know, gin and clandestine and all that stuff way back when. So I'm just kind of having a, a crisis like, wow, they actually went that where, where now, you know, clandestine, you want to talk obscure characters, you won't find something more obscure than the clandestine maybe el morto 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 whatever that that guy but clandestine it's it's incredible what they're doing and it's super interesting because kevin feige himself has said he's he's had an interest in the group before so i mean they're here and i think it was probably my least favorite of the three but that doesn't mean i didn't like it it was just you know, it's it's building. We get it's only half over. You know, I completely agree. This was definitely like not as uh, like a much of a knockout of the park as like the first two episodes, but I still did thoroughly enjoy it. I think it was also the thing of Kenobi's finale like completely wrecked me, and so then immediately going to this, it was just like a lot of emotions. Um, I think this episode was so much fun. I think it was so interesting. The the clandestine of it all is just a very interesting choice. I, I agree. I was aware of the rumors that were swirling in the early days of the pandemic, and it was like, oh, how are they going to do this? I personally think that a good chunk of it is going to be a misdirect anyway. Um, it, I, I think that like the way that they are establishing it, because Kamala is such a new character, this feels so jarring because we've really only seen one interpretation of what her origin story could be. So I think having this be something completely different is definitely shocking and understandably so. But I think that the way that they're going to approach it, there has to be more up their sleeve than just this. And I'm very curious to see what it is. Um, I did want to ask, Adam, could you explain like what the clandestine is? Because I, I have to admit that is one of my blind spots. Uh. Just, uh, it's, so the lead characters, believe it or not, the lead character's name is also Adam. Adam Destine is is his name. The, his wife or his partner or one of the clandestine people are a djinn or a, or a genie or, uh, yeah, you know, it's, they're an interdimensional group, kind of inhuman-ish or mutant-ish, almost. <laughs> uh, think of, think of, comics from the 1990s and uh it's the most 1990s comic you ever got i'm pretty sure one of them has like the strife helmet or <laughs> something you know like just points everywhere um, it's they're just an interdimensional group that are pretty one-dimensional so they can do whatever they want with them in the mcu well, and I did want to ask everybody, like, kind of, I was curious what your opinions are. Do we think that this could all kind of, like, tie into the Kree and the Inhumans anyway? Because, like, the the, the hand of what I'm assuming is a djinn at the beginning of the episode also could look like a Kree hand. And it could it could be a thing where it's, like, the djinn and the MCU are just actually Kree, and that's just how legend is passed down or something. Like, do you guys think that there might ultimately be more of a tie, and this is just, like, an early misdirect, or what do y'all think? I I thought that exact thing. I also laughed because I'm like, if you had Miss Marvel being the first place in the MCU, we would see a severed arm. I don't <laughs> think I would have believed you before this show. Uh-huh. Um, the arm's super blue. So we all know we've only seen so many blue people in, in the MCU. So it would seem that that's what's going on. But also the weirdness of they're from a different dimension. Yeah. Which fits in with all of our weird incursion like strange secret wars of it all as well. Cause I don't know how loopy it could really get. Cause we haven't seen all of it, but like 
So you're telling me that they're not even the Cree people from here. They're from somewhere else. Or is that just a cover story that they've concocted They're by episode five of this? People are going to have wild conspiracy mm. red tape boards uh, to explain what's going on because it keeps spiraling out more and more. I'm like, what's happening? This is I, I think that's what's going to end up going down, especially because she only has one of the bangles, too. So there's just another bangle just out there. I hope it's not under that rubble. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. While so, you were talking, Aaron, you were like looking over at your wall and I'm like, are you just picturing the murder board that you're going to Listen, I, I have artwork up over this wall. Uh-huh. It looks all like I live in a void, but I don't actually live in a void. There's actually some sort of artwork over here, uh-huh. but I, I need to get some, I got some red uh, twine over here, <laughs> other arts and crafts projects. I need to just awesome. start myself. Awesome. That yeah. and the wheel. <laughs> yes. Adam, what were you going to say? I think it do, it does show the genius of the filmmakers behind Marvel Studios because the stuff they put in there can either be something or it can be nothing, depending on what future storytellers want to do with it. I mean, we saw that the Ten Rings were there, and it's totally plausible when we would somehow have like a Kree captive or something, right? And then perhaps if they wanted to go the Inhumans route, it would make sense that if Kamala did get the Terrigen, that her Inhuman powers would just manifest as the big stretchy powers. Um, Is the dimension, are they, you know, we've talked about the quantum bands and the mega bands. Are they actually that? And is there, are we talking, is the the light realm, the, the Jin realm, the Noor, Noor realm, uh, is that actually the quantum realm for just a different name for it? I mean, that's already a familiar place we've already seen. Where's it go? You know, where's it go? Mm-hmm. Again, I hope Jim's not watching because I just wrote myself into three different <laughs> articles. Three <laughs> is being generous. I feel like it's more like five. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, you know, where's where's it going to go? I hope it's it's super interesting. You know, that's the first thing I saw the blue hand. I'm like, oh, hey, Cree. Mm-hmm. But what, you know, where are they, where they going to go? It's super interesting. We haven't really, I love that um, mythos, that mythology with the Cree and Hala and stuff. And we only got this much of it in Captain Marvel. And that's the other thing. Miss Marvel ties into Captain Marvel. So it feels like they're taking... Kamala mystical here, mm-hmm. but is it going to be revealed to be more cosmic at the end? And it's not an actual dimension. And then we're going to get into the dimension versus timeline versus realm versus Asgard versus, oh man, now I better. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's the premise is super, super interesting. And again, it's nothing we've seen from this before. Um, how does a person who doesn't age have a 17 year old that ages, you know, what's, what's going on. We're going to get the road trip. It's just, I I totally dig the premise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, to your point about the 10 rings, I love how in phase four, we have this weird intersect between like cosmic and mystical. Cause it's like, obviously at the end of Shang-Chi, it's revealed like the 10 rings have their own kind of cosmic something or other tied to them. So I feel like that this is going to be somewhat of a similar vibe. I think we'll just have to wait and see exactly what it is. I also think the fact that Kamala is so much more to the Carol in this universe and is going to go into the Marvel, that explains to me like why they are going a little bit more in that weird mythic cosmic sort of realm. Cause it's like, of course that would make more sense. Um, it is, it's just such an interesting choice. And it is this thing of like, I have no idea where they're going to go with it, which I think is kind of cool. Um, and then other things from the episode, we get a name drop of Eric Selvig for like the first time in forever. Um, cause Bruno read a paper of his, 
Um, we get the good is not a thing you are, it's a thing you do line, which is just so good. If she does not also say that while getting or making her final costume in the show, I will be a little disappointed because that, li- that line and that scene in the comics are just unparalleled. Um, kind of going off of that, Bruno gave Kamala her superhero mask. How long do we think it'll be until she gets her costume? Because are we going to follow the formula of all of the other Disney Plus shows outside of Moon Knight where it's like everyone has to wait till like the last episode or do we think we'll get it sooner? Ooh, I know BD doesn't, doesn't particularly enjoy like when they wait till the last second of last one, but I don't yeah. see with how many episodes we have left, unless they only spend one episode in Pakistan, uh, I can't imagine her getting it any sooner than episode five. Like, mm-hmm. y- you know, we got to have the like hometown lineage lore dump stuff and then she can come back and then probably something happens that facilitates Bruno being like, I was working on something while you were gone. And then we get, you know, the awesome new suit for her. Or I but, wonder, could she find the suit there? That's what I was. That's thinking. true. Yeah. You know what? That could happen. Yeah. Maybe she finds it there. I mean, anyone could 3D print a mask, right? I don't know. <laughs> Isn't there a theory about her symbols actually like her name? Yes. yes. Yeah. We like talked that. about that at some point in one of our previous episodes. But yeah, I agree. I feel like it could be something that she finds in Pakistan or it could be something that like when she gets back, Bruno has it. Like, I feel like there's a lot of potential. I just hope it's a thing where it's more than one episode because I feel like that we need to be done with that with these Disney plus shows. I want to see people in their costumes. Um, and then we get the very good um, fight scenes set to Bon Jovi. Um, I am loving knowing that like younger viewers are going to get to know Bon Jovi as someone who's seen them in concert, like half a dozen different times and grew up listening to their music. I, that was just such a fun fight scene. Um, Bruno got injured in the final fight, which is kind of similar to the comics. He gets injured during civil war two. And it's kind of this huge turning point for him and Kamala's dynamic. Um, it also kind of makes them start to share their romantic feelings for each other so that'll be kind of interesting having a version of that um and then as we said the ending sets up kamala going to pakistan we know that red dagger is going to be in the show so we hopefully will get to meet him in the next episode um what are people's predictions kind of for episode four and beyond what do you what do you want to see or hope to see going forward well i I guess before like remember after like episodes one episode two we're like what is the final threat going to be i think that we probably have it in like the clandestine like it's probably going to end up being that's what she faces but also dodc is still just kind of lurking and now they have i gins in their possession and they had weird weapons that we had never seen before each one of them had like cool weird would be tech but probably not probably some sort of magic weapons and it's probably not a good thing for them to have. They're just going to mount them on the drones like battle bots. It's not <laughs> a good idea. Um, so I think that we're probably going to get some more explanation on, you know, how this stuff links together, how like the cosmic elements like link together. I would enjoy that. And also, I feel like you got to get my girl to space by the end of this. Like it has to, I feel like it has to happen somehow by the end of this. Like, if we have another uh, Spider-Man and Infinity War situation where she's just at school and then something goes wrong and then she ends up in space, I'm going to be like, really? Okay. All right. Sure. That would be cool. I wonder, are we going to get the, the prototype Thunderbolts with this clandestine group? Are they going to turn them and make them into their own little Thunderbolts? I'm not saying they will be the uh-huh. Thunderbolts team, but at least vibes, you know, maybe, maybe they, cause I mean, they both have a common enemy, right? Um, or not even enemy. They're just chasing after a kid for no good reason. But um, <laughs> it is super interesting how this is the new shield, right? Just yeah. reporting to any s- super powered or ability sighting or something. 
I just forgot, Adam, you brought up a good thing. It is a common enemy, though. Because mm-hmm. if you believe that the agent is a freaking scroll sleeper cell oh. and they're Cree oh, descendant, yeah. he would have oh. beef, right? There that, we go. All right, there we go. Oh man, mm. I didn't, think I didn't about even that think. <laughs> There's another think piece. We need to we need to get on it. Um, but yeah, yeah, that would be so crazy if this whole thing is kind of like a prequel to Secret Invasion in that regard. That would totally make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like there is so much potential. Those those damage control weapons are just so wild. So it feels like there has to be more than meets the eye. Um, but yeah, does anyone else have any other thoughts on Miss Marvel and on this episode? Enjoying the ride. I don't yeah. care how many people are watching. It's it's <laughs> wonderful. The, the response uh-huh. has been so much nicer than a lot of them. Uh, a lot of these ones, like it's been a lot less divisive in most spots of the internet. I'll say so. I'm excited for the rest of it. But Jenna, go ahead. The people, the people <laughs> want what what you're about to do. They want it. So, <laughs> oh, Kenobi. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so we will we will before we get before we get done for the day since the Kenobi finale was this morning we we will talk about it a little bit. I know Adam said he has only seen the first episode, so he said he could only comment if he wanted to comment on the Wikipedia page. Um, but yeah, so I guess Aaron and I will share our thoughts because I know everyone's been enjoying hearing our Kenobi reactions. Um, Aaron, do you want to share your thoughts to, about the finale? As as the most novice uh, Star Wars fan among. The, the, the panel and Richard who's listening intently <laughs> to uh, see if I get this right. Uh, I really did enjoy it. I felt like it was like the sort of like journey makes sense. I mean, there's only so much you can do in these prequels because we know where characters end up where they're going to be in these movies that have come out already. Um, I enjoyed McGregor's performance. I think, hey, Christensen, I, we finally finally got something uh you know like where like the two of them are actually talking to each other in the present of this story and i was like i i will explode if this happened and lo and behold here we go um i i you know i just i just enjoyed it i i know that people who are more into this than me are going to have their thoughts and their strong opinions about it but my strong opinion is i'm like this is some of the most approachable like star wars stuff that they've ever like made, at least in the Disney era. So I'm like, I'm down, I'm here, you know, um, Jenna. Yeah, I, I a thousand percent agree. Like I, I said to Chris earlier today, I think that the last like act of this episode was my favorite Star Wars thing that we've gotten since like the last Jedi, honestly, like I, those last 10 minutes or so, I was just sobbing, <laughs> like actually sobbing it, this, the show ticked so many boxes that I didn't think it was ever going to tick for me, but it did it in this way that was so satisfying and earned and not just like the cheapest gimmick, like I know he said the line, but he said it in a way that felt so organic and natural and not just like the cheapest possible way to do it. So I think they did such a good job. My one complaint with the episode is the lighting. I could not tell what was going on for like two thirds of the big scene on Tatooine. But I I think that so much of this was so good that um, like it it just blew me away. I'm just so happy that it exists. Um, But yeah, Get, get him in here. Get him Matt, in here. I just I just texted him. He says he's on a phone, but we'll I will just let everyone know Richard did the episode and hopefully we can hear his thoughts about it sooner or later. He and I were talking before and he was very enthusiastic. But yeah, the I am so glad Kenobi exists. I'm already dreading 
though, going into the She-Hulk and Andor era of just like two new shows with big episodes on a Wednesday, because like I, I woke up so early this morning, like I, I woke up an hour before my alarm because I was afraid of oversleeping just to make sure I watched both of these episodes. I want to not have that happen, <laughs> but I, I feel like that is going to keep happening when we're doubling up on all these shows. That's kind of like the one downside going off of Jamie's rant from the other week about how these double releases. But yeah, Kenobi was great. Miss Marvel was great. Just as the, it's a great time for TV. I mean, it was it was really really fun. I mean, I, they kept saying that like, oh, the lightsaber duels are really dope in this. Like, you're gonna like the lightsaber duels. And through three, I'm like, I'm happy. But the general public is like, other than that flashback, where's where's the beef? And then yeah. you got all of it in the finale, all of it. Um, yep. So I I just like, whoo, goodness. Uh, and also, I know you guys, do you want a season two, Jenna? I don't. I don't need a season two. I feel like where Ben is as a character, you, I, I, don't, I don't need to see anything more as, from a solo context. I know it's like heavily rumored that he's going to appear in Andor. If it's some sort of cameo that has nothing to do with his own story, I'm okay with that. But like, I don't, this was so satisfying and so fulfilling that like, I don't need anything more. I feel like it would cheapen what we have. And I feel like every, all of the other side characters and the new people from the show, you can spin them out in a million different ways. They can pop up wherever kind of like what we were saying about the MCU. So I would rather have that than like a season two. All, all I want is Riva to show up in Ahsoka and for the both of them to talk about how they had weird times with the force. That's all. That that's cool. all I want. <laughs> I, I, like I'm cool with it not being a season two too. Although I do enjoy seeing you McGregor back in this thing. It's very, very surreal. There's a lot of stuff about getting old this week that I'm just like, man, <laughs> this is, this is childhood. This is all coming flooding back right now. Um, yep. So yeah. 10%. Um, so yeah, so that's it for phase zero today. This was fun. We had, we had so much to talk about and I think that this turned out really great. Um, Adam, do you have anything, any final thoughts, anything to plug? No, I just can't wait for the Plo Koon show. So yes, <laughs> don't threaten me with a good time. I I Fisto, either yeah. or let's just go put all of them in a show. I would love yes, that. <laughs> Aaron, what about you? Um, I just laugh about like the sort of weird, I guess like it, we should end every show now with what's the weirdest Marvel thing that they could possibly produce that you think that could never happen and then watch them produce it a week after the fact. Um, so that's fun. And go, go watch Adam's interview with, uh, with Wesley. It's great. It's fun. You'll, mm -hmm. you'll enjoy yourself. Um, if you're wondering about this sort of weird love triangle business, go on the Phase Zero YouTube channel and watch me ask Matt Lins what's up with him and uh, Kamra's dynamic and him blush at me and then look straight down and not answer the question and not understand why. Excellent. Um, also, to answer your question about obscure brute force, thousand percent. Make a brute force thing. That would be that would be the weirdest possible thing, like on par with Wonder Man. Um, make it. I could I could pull even weirder, but like just off the top of my head, brute force. Um, but yeah, so follow me on Twitter at Hayesjenalyn. Follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Barnhart. Follow Aaron on Twitter at Sentiment Lake Hornet. I'm sorry for breaking you, Aaron, right before we log off. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to tell your friends. Be sure to rate us on your podcast platform of choice. And we'll see you next week. Bye.